0: Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Our scripture lesson this morning comes from the first epistle of John, the third chapter beginning with the 16th verse. Hear with me now the words of the Lord. This is how we know what love is. Jesus laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity for him, how can he love him? Dear children, let us love one another in words, but let our actions in truth. This is how we know what the truth is. Dear friends, if our hearts condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him everything that we ask because we obey his commands and we do what pleases him. And this is his command to believe the name of Jesus, the one to whom commanded us, those who love and obey this command to live in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he said that, by the spirit that he gave us. My friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Almighty God, we gather to worship and to praise you this day. We gather in our time of worship to mark milestones in our faith journey. But it's not just the milestones of these confirmands we mark, we also remember our own milestones. And so during this hour, O Lord, speak to us intently so that we might truly hear who you would have us be, that we might truly understand what you would have us do, and that we might be the people that you call us to be, ones who don't just hear your word but go forth and do your word. Your son's holy name we pray. Amen. Years ago when vacationing in the state of Maine, we were traveling up the coast and we stopped in a gallery in one of those little seaside towns and we just kind of stopped in just to see what the local art looked like. And as I walked in the gallery, there was this painting that immediately drew me across the room. It was painted by a local painter by the name of Colin Page. He had studied it the Rhode Island of art and design. He had also studied at the Cooper Union for the Advancement of Art and Science. He was an impressionistic painter, one of those that took broad strokes of color which provide rich texture and light, creating a composite scene which is just shimmering and exciting and it's captivating and it draws you in. Now, if you go to an Impressionist painting and you get up to it up close, you see this intentionality of the individual brushstrokes. Wide and short, varying colors, sort of in a hodgepodge of patterns. But it's when you step back from it that all those individual brushstrokes melt away. And you see this painting, which is rich and intentional. And in this case, it was a shimmering image of lobster boats right there along the rocky coast of Maine at rest. When I read this text today from 1 John, what comes to mind is sort of an impressionistic painting of faith, if you will. What really matters, the life of a disciple. See, John is encouraging believers to anchor their lives in the power of the resurrection and in the love of Christ. To be filled by that. And the broad strokes that he paints, the broad strokes of his text is the broad strokes of the life of a disciple, one who abides in Christ, one who loves the world, and one who lives with and by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I think about that in this idea, the individuality of these three brushstrokes of abiding in Christ and of loving the world and living with and by the Holy Spirit. They provide the texture and the light, but collectively they melt away as individual strokes and they begin to show a composite scene of a life that is anchored in Christ, a life that is captivating, a life that draws people to it to want to know what its secret, its power, its true joy is you and I know that, is the life of a disciple, a life bound by the resurrection of the risen Lord. This ideal of one who abides in Christ. Now, you are confirmants, You have been studying this, right? I mean, over the last year, over 2019, 2020, and even then, the reboot course into the summer as we waited for this auspicious moment, You studied faith, you studied the Bible, you studied the creed. I love that word, creed. That which I believe. Sacraments and prayer. And at the end of it, what you understood was you understood that a life in Christ is not just life, but it's about abiding in Christ. That word, abiding, is a rich word. If we look it up in the dictionary, we get definitions like in according with, or submitting to, or keeping to. And when we declare our faith, when we stand in front of the congregation and we say, this is what I believe, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, we are pledging to bind our lives to a Christ-like life, to abide, to submit to, to act in according with that Christ-like life. It's manifested by brushstrokes in its own right, a life spent worshiping, a life spent in Sabbath, a life spent studying the Scripture, a life spent in prayer. To where worship and Sabbath and Scripture and prayer aren't just things that happen only on Sunday, but it becomes part of who we are all the week long. The brushstrokes of abiding are a life marked by grace, and gratitude, and forgiveness. Where we realize that we have received grace, that we have so much for which to be thankful, and that we can ask for and forgive the world. Abiding in Christ is living that life in which we really take the wristband, the phrase WWJD, what would Jesus do, and we begin to live that in everything that we do not just on Sunday morning during the 11 o'clock service or during Sunday school in church or Sunday school church and youth group but instead all week long. How we approach our school work, our family life, our professional work, a life abiding in Christ is where we begin to think in the mind of Christ and we let that guide who we are and how we live. See for our confirmants and all of us assembled in worship we've got to make room for, we've got to be intentional about this life in Christ. We've got to be focused on it. We've got to not just live it, but abide with it. Commit ourselves to it. Submit to it. That's the big brushstroke that begins to attract the world. The second one is one who loves the world. I mean, John mentions love throughout his text over and over again. Think about it. It's the hallmark of Jesus' ministry. If we couldn't figure out anything else, what it was about, his ministry was about one of love. He always sought out the least, the last, and the lost to say, you matter to me. You matter to God in heaven. You are loved just like you are. He sought out the unlovable and said, I know you think you're unlovable, but I love you. See, what he did was he showed the world that God's love is so much deeper. It wasn't just for the chosen, but it was for all of creation. So this portrait of a disciple paints life in broad, bold brushstrokes and hues of love. Think about our prayer of confession. we begin to pray that we have not always loved the whole world, not we've not always been our best souls, we ask for forgiveness because we know where we have fallen short and we ask God to show us the way. But what I love about that is your love remains steadfast. I love that Psalm 36 says, God's steadfast love endures forever. See, those words right there compel us to love the world around us to seek justice for the marginalized, where we talk about fairness and equity. We don't just talk about equality, but equity, where everyone gets a fair shake and lift it up, where we pull for everyone to win. I can remember as my daughters were younger, I was watching a NASCAR race one day because I was in that phase of life and not my favorite driver was winning the race. And I was really hoping that you know, he'd blow a tire or something would happen so that my driver would win. And one of them said over in the corner, daddy, don't we pull for everyone to win? really? You take what I say in church and you use it on me at home. But isn't that what we're about as Christians, that we pull for everyone to win, that we want that? That's love, my friends. That we have for grace for others when they are unlovable, because guess what? God had grace for us when we were unlovable. That's the broad stroke, the broad brush stroke of a Disciple where we offer forgiveness even when someone has yet to apologize because we know they hurt us. And they may not even be aware of it, but we can forgive them because God forgave us even before we figured out how to break all the rules. I mean, Christ taught us servanthood, servant leadership, where we serve each other. See lives of disciples painted in bold, beautiful hues of love where we live them with our words, our deeds, our actions. This is the calling of our lives. This is what we were made for. This is what we stand up and we say, I claim Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That is a broad brushstroke that we paint. And the picture gets brighter, more vibrant, more wonderful, and the world gets drawn closer to us. And finally, we live by the Spirit. I mean, think about it. We imagine this. It's this idea of living by the Spirit where the world begins to see who we are and whose we are. In the movie, The Italian Job, it's an older movie, but there's this moment where the bank robbers are, or the, the art thieves are trying to get away. And there's a guy sitting in a train station and he's manipulated through the Internet all the stoplights so that every time that the, the they're getting away, that they can always get through. And they get through the last stoplight and he's in this train station. And he goes, woohoo! And everybody stops and looks at him and he realizes that he is just woohooed out loud and he goes, it's got to be that Holy Spirit power. And everybody thinks he's a religious nut and goes away. But my friends, a life of a disciple, when we paint the broad strokes, is that people see woohoo, they see that we are so full of the life of the Holy Spirit in our lives each and every day that it is guiding us, that it is sustaining us in what we do. I mean, think about that. When you try to figure out what to do in the day when the Holy Spirit is guiding us, it means that we are listening. That we are listening to those quiet whispers. Those sixth sense things that come up that tell us that something doesn't feel right or that we should go and help someone. We don't even know why we're doing this compelled. This is kind of an of a, of a action or our conscience. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to us. And so the broad stroke of a disciple who lives life by the Holy Spirit is one in which we are listening, paying attention to that. But it's also one in which we recognize that we are sustained by the Spirit. Think about that who knows what our days are going to bring when we wake up in the morning. And some days they are full of triumphs and other days they are full of tragedies. But if we are living our lives by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are cognizant of the fact that we are not alone. We are cognizant of the fact that when the valleys are deep, that there is someone, something, God in heaven lifting us up because we are dialed into the power of the Spirit. That we live in such a way that we know joy We know a joy that's deeper than just sheer happiness. It's just an absolute joy of our soul to be in God's kingdom. That there's a calmness about us in the chaos of life because we know we're not alone. That there's an inner peace that could almost cause us to sleep in the storm just like Jesus slept in the boat on the Sea of Galilee. That we are calm because of the power of the Spirit that we can do the unthinkable. We realize that we are being called to do something that we could never imagine ourselves to do, but we find ourselves stepping out in faith, out across the waters, out into no man's land where we swore we would never go. Guess what? When you're doing that, you're dialed in and sustained by the power of the Spirit. We fear not tomorrow because we know where we stand today, my brothers and sisters That's when the broad brushstroke of faith says that we are living our lives dialed into with, for, and by the Holy Spirit. So what I like about impressionistic art is as you walk and as you look at it in a gallery, it draws you in. You want to see it. As I remember looking at one of those Colin Page paintings, I was like, I would love to have that in my house. I would love to have that on my screensaver where it actually sits these days. I would love to have that because it just brings a peace. And yes, I can step closer to the screen and see the broad brushstrokes or step back and it draws me into that coastal scene of Maine. My brothers and sisters, the life of a disciple does the same thing. The life of a disciple abiding in God, loving the world, living for, by, and with the Holy Spirit paints a picture that the world says, I want to be a part of that. It's clear It's bright, it's brilliant, but it is also inviting. And so what I hope for us this day, that during this hour of worship, as we celebrate this auspicious occasion, we celebrate this movement of the Holy Spirit in the lives of our youth, that it also moves within our hearts and that we all leave this hour wanting to paint those broad brushstrokes so that the world sees with clarity this shimmering, wonderful picture of a life in Christ, a life of a disciple anchored in faith that transforms and invites the world to be a part of it. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.